Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Well, good afternoon. If it's 1 p.m. on a Saturday, then you and you're listening to WTIC News Talk 1080, then it is Pet Talk. And right now, odds are that almost every Saturday, there's also some precipitation around our situation, too. We have, um, last week when I was here, I talked about um, having difficulty getting here, so so many roads were closed due to flooding. Today was a little bit easier, but we'll see how this weekend turns out with the rain. But hopefully we'll have a little bit of, um, not necessarily sunshine, but some brightness. We're going to try to be as prepared to take care of our pets, know what uh, decisions we have to make to keep them as healthy as possible, and um, provide some insight to why that's so so needed. And again, we talk about you being your pet's best advocates, and they can't speak for themselves when they go to the veterinary office, but, but you can by being very observant. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, and this month of October, we are celebrating National Pet Wellness Month. When we think of pet wellness and preventative care, you know that's one of my driving forces for doing this show is how can we prevent our pets from getting sick, suffering, and you know, making the right decisions along the way. At the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, we do many times just have conversations with our, our clients about how to prevent the most horrible diseases that our pets can come in contact with. And a lot of time that prevention is around, or that conversation um, revolves around vaccinating. And it's not to try to um, provide any kind of controversial side of vaccinations. I, I don't think that's the need. You as your pet, as being the pet parent, have the final say, except for uh, the vaccine like rabies, which is a state law for our cats and dogs. And um, I believe also for, for our, um, our larger animals as well. You know, we need to prevent rabies because that is a disease that, that affects us as well. When, um, but I'd like to open up the phone lines now so that we can get people in the queue. We talk about people that call a little bit later in the show don't always get on. But because we do have um, an empty board right now, please give me a call at 860-522-9842 or 860-522-WTIC. Kevin is um, our producer and he will make sure that he takes your question and gets you right in our queue. And I promise if you call now, I will answer 
each and every call. We may try to concentrate on medical aspects of, of the of the show today if we can, but it, uh, many times the behavior side of what cats and dogs are doing at home is a sign of disease. So please, any behavior issues, you can also give me a call here too. Again, that's 860-522-9842. So getting back to the vaccination and preventing, we generally uh, divide vaccines into what we consider core or essential vaccines and non-core vaccines. And again, this is a discussion you should have with your veterinarian or the veterinary technicians. They will be very helpful with that. And as far as dogs are concerned, the core vaccines that we really uh, primarily concentrate on is, as I mentioned already, rabies. Rabies is absolutely key. And the other is canine distemper, which usually includes the parvovirus. Many of you have heard about how horrible parvo is, especially in puppies, and parainfluenza. Those are our core vaccines. That For dogs, that is. We'll talk about cats in a little bit. Non-core vaccines really... That decision-making revolves around the lifestyle of your pet, and it's considered somewhat optional. There are certain vaccines in this category that we really highly recommend because it is based on their lifestyle and where you live. What Being here in the Northeast, um, as you know, we're here in Connecticut, but many people are listening from around the country, but geographic location and risk of disease in this area is very key. The other issue is whether your pet goes to a doggy daycare or a dog park, boarding, grooming. That is also into the decision making. And does your dog or and cat travel a lot? Do they go on hikes? Are they exposed to the wilderness or even bodies of water? And just your overall health, health of your pet is important when making that decision. I would say that here, my recommendations, I think if you are going to go to a kennel, um, or you're going to be uh, at a grooming facility, kennel cough is one of the non-core vaccines. There's also something called leptospira. And we used to consider leptospirosis sort of a disease if, of uh, the, the rural areas, the farm country, but that has changed. And that's why we, we put that as a strong consideration. Lyme vaccine is also very important here in the Northeast. And a lot of these core, um, non-core vaccines don't necessarily totally prevent the disease, but they lower the intensity of the symptoms. And with that, it is in particular the case with the uh, flu vaccine. Um, we have talked many times about, again, a kennel situation is where, where, where dogs are together in a smaller environment. They, there's uh, sort of two seroviruses that we use, H3N2 and H3N8 is recommended. So those are the canine influenza or canine flu. We don't really have to consider this core vaccine here, but if you do travel out to the, the West in particular, there is a rattlesnake vaccine too, which I always find pretty interesting. Um, but again, that's something that, you know, you decide... Some people that live here part of the year and they live in Arizona another part of the year may want to talk to their veterinarian about that. So these are, you know, when we talk about preventing these horrible diseases, if we can at least, we know the rabies vaccine, if they get vaccine, there's a, they will not get the disease. And because humans are the next in line, if our pets were to get rabies and they bit us, that's how we would get it. There's also that disease that I mentioned earlier, leptospirosis, 
that's a bacterial disease that can affect the kidneys and the liver, and it can cause that failure in both people and dogs. We do have, there is that capability of people getting the disease. So when you hear these or the, you might get a handout from your veterinarian, it, just kind of consider and think about what really is going to be best for me and my pet. We don't want, we don't believe in over-vaccinating. And yes, could there be a reaction? Yes, but reactions are very, very rare. And it is a matter of being, um, so when they are given, I usually recommend that people, you know, stay with them. Don't leave them for 20, you know, for the next 24 hours if you can help it. I usually like to uh, vaccinate sort of earlier um, in the day rather than the end of the day if people can work it around their schedule. But I think the, I haven't seen a major reaction and I knock on wood here in, in over a decade. It, I, I do think that, again, we don't, because we're not in a position of over vaccinating and sometimes we'll even separate vaccines, we don't have to always do it all on the same day. Again, that's a conversation with you and your veterinarian. The other thing is that just to mention before we take our phone calls is in the feline. Those core vaccines um, that we consider super important and will prevent disease, rabies again. And the reason why I'm repeating the fact that rabies is important is a lot of people, because their cats are indoors, feel that they don't have to worry about rabies. They feel that, you know, that there's no chance of them getting it. One of the most common transmitters of rabies is bats. And bats can get into our home. They can get into our, uh, bite our cats. And then that's how they get it if they have the rabies. And uh, again, so that's where, why it's important for cats. And the other core vaccine is there. We call it feline distemper, but it protects for panleukopenia, herpes virus, rhinotracheitis. So it pr- protects for more than one disease. And those are considered the core And for the non-core, I would have you consider feline leukemia vaccine if you have an outdoor cat or if you have more than one cat in the household. So that's kind of summarizing our vaccine and vaccine prevention um, that we would recommend. And again, it's all about celebrating um, National Pet Wellness Month and how can we prevent diseases. Um, With that, probably... This would be an ideal time to take a quick break. And Diane, I'm going to get to you. And uh, you're going to be our first call as soon as we come back. Please stay tuned for more Veterinary Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. We're starting a little theme music that's kind of, we're going to start oozing, moving a little bit into Halloween, and we've got some ideas that I want you to prepare your pets for Halloween at the end of the month. But um, right now, as I've mentioned earlier, it is all about your phone calls and all about your questions and how we can help you, how we can arm you with the right questions to ask with your veterinarian. And many of you that call in, there are other people that have the same situation with their pets, so it's, we all help each other out. So um, having said that, I am going to bring Diane to our up on our mic. Hi, Diane. Hello. Um, I called you a couple months ago about my Border Collie. Um, he was diagnosed with uh, irritable bowel disease, right. and he's doing fine. I'm really, really good. Um, 
I think you said to wait several months before trying other foods. And, of course, I waited two. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. And I'm able to give him, like, you know, dog biscuit treats, um, anything flour-based, wheat-based, like greenies, that sort of thing. He has no problem. Great. I mean, when he, when he um, had the disease, he was vomiting several times a week. And he had diarrhea and an incredibly noisy gut. I mean, I could hear him. He'd wake me up at night. His right. stomach was so loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard a thing, and his stool has been normal. Um, last time he vomited, I'm looking, my notes was, uh, let me see, end of July. So um, that's, that's really excellent. Could you just kind of remind the, the audience, what is it that you are giving him? Is it just changing well, diet or I giving him medication? Uh, yeah, he, no medication, just diet. Okay. He's on the hydrolyzed, uh, you know, protein right. uh, diet. Right. So I was strict on, on that for two weeks, like I said, and then I started giving him little bits of things. Two weeks or two um, months? I'm sorry. Uh, two months, excuse okay. me, two All months. Right. Yeah, it's eight weeks altogether, yeah. so two, two months. Um, and then I tried, um, like I said, just a little dog biscuit here and there. And, uh, you know, I'd give him a little bit more. I'd wait a few days, see if anything happened, and then I'd just give him a little more, a little more, a little more. Um, so I would say for about a month, month and a half, he's been able to have, um, like regular dog biscuits. I've tried like rye bread, pasta, Good. donuts, any, you know, anything like a, a wheat based, uh, I haven't tried any, uh, animal protein yet or fish. Okay. Um, but are you trying to change the diet or since the diet's working or what is your goal? Yeah, that's what, well, I was just wondering when I uh-huh. got him, I think he was strictly given a dog food. You know, uh-huh. uh, she said she used, I think, Purina Pro Plan is what uh-huh. she always used. And she he did get some treats, but I don't think he maybe got as much human food. Okay. Would that trigger it? I mean, Oh, you know, sure. It depends on what it is um, in, in terms of what type of human food. But, yes, there can be any trigger and, mm-hmm. and that's why generally my cases of inflammatory bowel disease that respond really well to your special diet, to your hydrolyzed protein diet mm-hmm. in particular, um, usually they don't, they're not able to go off of it without having a relapse. So that's no. why I was, and I didn't know what your veterinarian was guiding as well, but that's generally the case because it's not so much that it's a one-time hit you disease generally. Right. It's something, it's chronic. And just like yeah. people that have chronic inflammatory bowel disease, they have to watch their diet. They have to sometimes go on medications. I think that we are very fortunate with your with your situation that di- medication was not needed, um, mm-hmm. even even in small amounts here and there. So, yeah. I, you know, I, other than the cost of the, the hydrolyzed protein diet, um, they're, they're, it's a really good diet to be on lifelong. But, you know, if with the guidance of your veterinarian, if you want to try to go to another non-prescription off over-the-counter food, I, I would you know, do it with their, with, their, um, with their guidance. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there a test that can be done for, to see what protein is bothering them? <laughs> there is. Um, and generally it's a, a blood test. I just have to let you know that they're not the most accurate uh-huh. What is the most accurate is like if you've and I am still um, stand by my guns about, you know, several 
um, several months and then only trying one new protein at a time um, to see if that indeed can, to find out what they may be allergic to. But yeah. the blood test is really not, I, I would not spend that money, especially when you're in a situation where you know what diet is working. You already know he does yeah. well on this. Yeah, but yeah. If, but if it's more a matter of, I'm, can I give him a little chicken sprinkled on top, I would just do one protein at a time if that's what you want to do and see yeah. if it sets him off again. Because yeah, it yeah. I haven't, them. I haven't, like I said, I haven't tried any animal or fish protein yet yeah. that, that I've stayed away with. I just tried, you know, the regular I, biscuits, whatever, you know, that sort right. of thing. And he's doing well with it. Again, Diane, that yeah. really is, mm-hmm. I am, I'm so happy for you because. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, and it's usually the protein. You know, if someone cannot afford necessarily to do the workup that you did, but yet their dog will have loose stool, periodically vomit, you know, it, you're you're doing it the the right way. I mean, it really, it, you've done everything correctly, but sometimes if people are listening and like, well, I just can't afford to go to the veterinarian right now, usually you want to get a diet. If you want to see if it's a food allergy situation that's causing this, you know, try a food that has a novel protein, something. Yeah, like, yeah, I did right? that with a cat once, right, yeah. Yeah, and by novel protein, I mean they have the fish. I consider fish somewhat novel. Um, kangaroo is another one. Uh, mm-hmm. Rabbit rabbit is another um, protein. And you don't want to mix two proteins together. You don't want it to be rabbit and, and chicken or kangaroo. Oh, that's good to know, yeah. yeah it yeah. really should be a single diet. Now, what you're doing is a hydrolyzed protein, which is right. a very specific chemical breakdown of mm-hmm. the protein, so it's easier for your for your dog to digest. But um, I know you know all this. <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> thought I would take use the little platform to jump off of, because I know I see a, this a lot. I see several cases of inflammatory bowel disease in my practice. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is my first first go around with all the animals I had with this. So, well, again, there's usually really great medication. Um, my mother actually had inflammatory bowel disease, and she was on something called budesonide. Um, there's corticosteroids, there's metronidazole. I have some clients that I have them just have some metronidazole on hand, so that that first sign of seeing a little mucus in the stool or a little looseness, yeah. they can you know treat especially if it's on a Saturday night and then give me a call on Monday morning and let me know. But it, it's a big workup. It really is. So Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, actually, we had a horse with incredible um, diarrhea, and we did metronidazole for a long time. Yeah. And it, it worked for a while, and then it didn't. I think it became you know, resistant. So. Right, yeah, that's yeah. But yeah, it tastes horrible. <laughs> it does taste horrible. Um, we do we do are able to get it compounded for cats because cats deal with inflammatory bowel disease too. And because it's hiding in the litter sometimes, people don't always realize it. But that is a big problem in our feline patients as well. And they we can compound it so that it's in a liquid, whether sometimes it's tuna flavor, chicken. Uh, so we do have ways of getting around that taste. Uh, the, yeah. the, the best thing is if they can just kind of swallow it whole and, and not cover. But in a horse, you got to crush so many pills. I mean, yeah, we did. So we different. put it in molasses and, and um, right. applesauce, but it still tasted horrible because right. I tried it. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, yeah. I've <laughs> maybe I've had a, I, I've tried not to try it, but yeah, I can just tell. But you usually they'll drool. 
you know, that's another yeah. reaction when they bite into it and they didn't quite yeah. swallow it whole, but it works. It really works. And um, another name, the name brand, a lot of people will say, Metronidazole, that sounds familiar. Flagyl is the name mm-hmm. uh, brand, but yeah. the, the generic yeah. works great. Well, I am so glad because I'm glad you didn't have to go the step of, you know, biopsies for the intestine. Your, your right, eyes right. doing great. So thank you so much yeah. for the update and sharing. Oh, sure. Thank you for your advice. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My absolute okay. pleasure. Big bag. All right. Yeah. So that that's some um, we've talked about inflammatory bowel disease on our um, show, and it gets complicated. <laughs> it's almost like skin allergies. And then how do you differentiate uh, dogs and cats that are allergic to their environment versus allergic to their food? But you, like Diane, you just have to be very, very disciplined. Um, about how you approach it. Veter- there's a lot of testing that's that's involved, but it's one thing that you just don't want to ignore uh, when the stool isn't quite right. Uh, I, I speak from experience. Um, I am one of those people as a client, not as a doctor, but I keep a little medication on hand. The other thing that I absolutely love and they're not all equal. So again, talk with your veterinarian. But the other idea of using probiotics, just like in people, and there are some name brands that are better than others, but rather than say, especially people, they're like, well, I don't like giving drugs all the time. I know where he's going to have to live with this. And um, I, I, I want to do something as, I guess, holistic as possible. You can also talk to your veterinarian about uh, probiotics. They can be very, very effective. They keep the the gut in a nice kind of um, state of of normalcy. Now, many times they have to get that every day along with some of the prescription medication and food because many times it's a multi-spiked approach to how do you control this. But write down um, the probiotics, especially if you're dealing with this at home. You could even just start with probiotics. I just don't want people to ignore the signs. You can watch it for a little while, try a few things at home, but don't let it go on for weeks, um, months. I even have some people come, you know, let it go for a year. But if these little things that you can do at home, because um, the more information you give us in the veterinary office, the, the sooner that we're going to diagnose it and the more efficiently we're going to be able to doc- diagnose the problem and then make sure you are armed with the proper medication and food to treat them with. Well, having said that, I think this is a good time to stop for our news break. We do have another full half hour left of Pet Talk, so I'm going to invite you to give us a call. We'll be right back with more Pet Talk. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, as we promised, we're just going to get ready for Halloween coming near the end of the season. I'm looking around at the studio here and there's already some decorations. Um, I like the holiday, but I, we want to make sure your pets are very safe and we are going to make sure we're going to get you. I'd like you to be prepared ahead of time for some things to do. I'll also be back to speak with you on air two weeks from today and we'll sort of get into the nitty gritty of what you need to prepare for or avoid that day or that weekend. But there are certain things that we can do ahead of time to be prepared so that we keep our pets safe. But as promised, I'm going to try to answer um, the phone calls that we have for today. You're listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And I really enjoy being here. Um, Unfortunately, you know, it's been sort of lousy weather-wise, but indoors we uh, make sure that we're just as active um, and um, trying to help you out with your, your pet's health. And I understand, David, we've got you on the phone. How are you? Hello. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Good. So how can we help? Well, I have a uh, little guy sitting next to me. He's a 10-year-old mixed breed. Mm -hmm. Uh, his, His vet just diagnosed him with the onset of kidney disease. Kidney. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, his albu. Go ahead. His albumin is out of range. Okay. Um, are you talking when you so, say albumin? Is that albumin in his um, kidneys or in his blood work? In his urine or his, it, his blood work? It's in his blood work. Okay. And she said that it was a kidney thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, usually the blood work is, um, there's more than one uh, test when they do, we do what we call a chemistry panel and a CBC. There's usually more than one thing that we look at uh, when we diagnose kidney issues uh, and with some potentially kidney failure, early kidney failure. Uh, So I don't, is there anything else that was abnormal? Do you remember, David? No, she did describe the panel. So that was done. Yeah. So good. Well, that's kind of good. Um, I'm assuming when you say the albumin, which is one of the two proteins that we look at in the blood work, that the albumin is low. And we're suspecting that we're losing albumin in the urine. We're losing it from the blood serum into into the urine. And that's why she's suspecting. Did you also bring in a urine sample too? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. So, what are you doing? Are you changing our diet? Yes. Oh, the um, her, His vet mm-hmm. uh, has requested or, or suggested that we take on a prescription diet. Mm-hmm. She recommended a product by Hills yeah. and also a product by Purina. Okay. Yeah. I, and I so, I was interested. Yeah, I was ahead. interested in yeah. your thoughts on that and perhaps alternatives. Well, 
the, th- the idea about changing the diet, it's not a matter of uh, ingredients per se, like we were talking earlier about inflammatory bowel disease and you know the right type of protein. In kidney issues, we're trying to support the kidneys to the best that we can. Unfortunately, you know, when we talk about kidney issues, when I compare kidney problems to liver, liver we have a lot of medications we can use and we can help treat. Kidneys, it's not as, um, it's a little bit tougher. There's just not a lot we can do to necessarily turn those kidneys around. And that's why if we can give them a diet where their kidneys don't have to work too hard, it generally is a lower protein diet. Not necessarily the type of uh, protein, but a lower protein. What I, but sometimes as wonderful as these special diets are, they don't always eat them well. Um, they're making them more and more palatable, but, um, now does, does your baby have a, um, a good appetite now for the food that we were on? Oh, yes. Okay, good. That's yes. a great sign. Good. But if I, if it were me, I, I would switch to the diet. I would do it gradually. And because if, mm-hmm. our, if our appetite is good, we don't want to just take away the food that he's used to eating all at once. We want to kind of mix it in. I would kind of do it over a four-week period uh, where you're like, you know, the first week, uh, three-quarters of the food is the old, one-quarter is the new. Because we want to make sure. And, yes, they also, they're, they're a bit more costly than the over-the-counter food, but there really is nothing that compares to the veterinary prescription diets for kidney support. Thank you. I, actually, you're just so you know, it matches exactly what his vet said, <laughs> and I and I and and I really appreciate your time. We thank you so much. Good luck, David, again, and just kind of watch how much we're drinking water. You know, never feel, um, I'm sure you're veterinarian, if there's any changes in his attitude, um, but there's still more things we can do to help support those kidneys. It's just not a lot. We don't have a lot of tricks in our bag on this one, and that's why if we can do the diet, um, and if you notice any changes, just, just give her a call, okay? Thank you so much. Good luck, David. Yeah, it's... Uh, Kidney and 10 years old, it's not absolutely unusual for um, to have some kidney changes in a 10-year-old. Um, but a smaller dog, a smaller mixed breed, generally that's a little bit old. You know, we t- tend to see that a little bit older. And we've talked about how can we protect our guys' kidneys. You know, we've talked because felines in particular, if we do have our feline friends, you know, living to 12, 14, 16 years of age, that's one of the issues their body succumbs to is kidney failure. So what can we do to try to really push that down the line or try to prevent it to the best of our ability? It is a matter of always having, you know, fresh water available for them to drink you know, even when you're um, going, feeling like, oh, well, they're urinating a little bit too much. I'm going to hold off um, giving them water. Never do that. Uh, and the other thing is periodontal disease. We have spoken here about why it's important to take care of our pet's teeth. We don't want to wait until the smell when they're trying to give us a kiss is so overwhelming and want to knock us off our feet. If we can do it preventatively, brushing their teeth. 
And I know some of you are snickering. Yeah, right. I'm going to brush their teeth. It's it's doable, especially if we can start early on. So again, when you get to your visits and um, you know in your hospital, when you go to your veterinary hospital, the technicians and even the receptionists are really wonderful. They pet, brush their dog's teeth. We know the difference it makes. I have seen a five-year-old cat's and younger with severe teeth issues, periodontal disease, we call it, and it has led to early kidney failure. And again, once those kidneys are not functioning like they should, it's very hard to get them in a, in a good place. So the, that's why we were talking earlier with David about staying on the diet. So with that, I think we, this will probably be a good for our, our middle break. It's going to be a short break, and then I might have time for one or two more calls before the end of the show. We're going to take our break, and if you do want to give us a call, give us a call at 860-522-WTIC. You're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk. We'll be right back. I call you up and ask you if you'd like to go hour is going by very very quickly oh my goodness and uh so but i and as promised i will be back in a couple of weeks next week Lori fast will be here to answer your pet training questions this is dr andrea dennis and um as promised we're going to get take one more phone call um before i talk a little bit more about halloween and that is going to be bob hi bob Bob. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we're doing well. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Everything else yeah. worked well this afternoon. I apologize. This happened before when I talked yeah. to you a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> it must be you yeah, we then. We were playing phone tag for like the whole show. <laughs> yeah. How can we help uh, today? We got the two boy cat uh, yes. brothers about, uh, about uh, I don't know, about a year uh, now? six, eight months ago. Okay. They're doing great. One sleeps with me, one sleeps with my daughter. Oh, I love uh, it. Now my daughter wants to take in a stray that she's been feeding for like it's a str- it's a girl. Okay. It's going to be about six or seven months, mm-hmm. and actually, she already has taken. She's in the living room. Oh. Um, okay. It's too late you, then. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I, too oh, late. I said, Chris, are you sure? I said, first of all, you're the one saying, "Ain't that about a cat?" Now we got two cats. Now we have three cats. Three. But cats, anyhow, I know you're going right. to say we're going we to we got to bring it to the vet. Good. Right. Yeah. Uh, but she seems pretty happy. I mean. uh, we got one of those things where the cat could sit. She's looking out the window. Nice. Um, she's sitting because we got these French doors in the living room, and she's like kind of liking it. She's like, yeah, I'm not sleeping on grass. Um, the are the right the boys are kind of I don't know if they're mad or just I- inquisitive. So what do you think? You know, it when you bring um, a third cat into a household, that changes the dynamic totally, uh, even at a young age. Um, so, so there's the behavior issue and there's the um, medical issue. First, for a stray cat, I do think it's very important to keep them separate, not let them share um, water bowls, litter boxes, uh, until we make sure that our, our new female has been tested for feline leukemia and feline AIDS. I think that's really critical. Right, so when she goes to the vet, they can do all that. Right yes, there. they can. Okay. They can do the blood test, you know, maybe have the result right away. Maybe that evening they'll, they'll give you a call. Now, if you want them to kind of get near each other, you know, I, I'd like to kind of wait until that be, before we kind of yeah. let it, we get them to kind of mingle. But then you use your carriers and you kind of let them kind of sniff each other um, a little bit. Like I would put her in the carrier first because this is their home. 
Um, you know, right, they, yeah. This is they have been established there, so I would like put her oh. in a carrier or even a crate that almost looks like there's a, not not one that you would use for an airline, but it's just all cage so that they can kind right. of walk around her. Oh she, yeah, yeah, I know what you're Yeah, yep. that would even, well, that, that, you can borrow something like that, and you know people tend to have those in their attic. I mean, because my cats, because they're indoor cats, and right. they've been looking at this cat outside the window. So right. it's not like they don't know each other. Right. They've been, they've been dealing with each other for months now. Right. You but, know, and but it's different inside keeps, the house, though. I mean, that's her, the yeah. yard. I mean, once it's in the house, it's a different It's a different. Well, tone. that's what I told her. I said, once this cat comes in, it's not going out. Yeah. We're not going to let her out oh, and leave our cat in. Oh, you know? she said, what color is she? What color is she? I'm trying she's to black and white. Oh. Um, it's such a contrast to our cats. A little bit long hair. She looks like six or seven months, and, mm-hmm. you know, she was a little standoffish, but my daughter built her a little cat house, and she was coming all the time. We've got the ring thing, you know, on the fence. Oh, she's always good. here. So, um, but I, you know, I told my daughter, I said, listen, you know, when we're not here, there's those two guys that have been together for her whole lives. And yes. She's like the new guy. She's not, you know, at first we're not going to let them down the basement. Well, guess what? Now they're down the basement. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cats are, they're everywhere now. But, but a couple of key pieces of advice here would be, and this is not just me, but the behaviorists, um, uh, you know, our veterinary behaviorists that are board certified in there, the recommendation is that when you have three cats, you need four litter boxes, one for each cat yeah, plus yeah. one extra. And you kind of put yeah, it in I different places. Yeah, I remember you said that before. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's really important. The other thing is they may not end up being friends they may tolerate each other but again you've got two that have been you know side by side for a long time they may just tolerate our new one um you know not yeah. that there's going to be fighting or hissing a year from now or even four months from now but well i also just tolerate. told her too, i said you know i also told her i said if this doesn't work out we're gonna get rid of it we'll bring it to a show i mean we're not gonna have cat you know fighting no all the time no, you, you can't know. do that. But again, but thank you for letting us know. Get, I'm glad she's had her appointment with her veterinarian, and you're be, you have kind hearts trying to bring this one in the house. And uh, I'm going to be optimistic. I, mean, I, don't know if I, told you, I don't know if I told you years ago we started out with one, two cats. At one point, we had eight cats in the house. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said that's it. one time one one of our cats, beautiful big brown cat. He got scraped by a skunk or something yeah. or a raccoon. Yeah. We ended up, we spent a thousand dollars on fixing them up. Two days later, it's gone. I oh said, my God. Oh, you're gonna be <laughs> we you can know, share so cat good. stories forever here. Um, but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have to, um, to kind of stop here, Bob, but let me okay. know after that kitten um, has her little checkup. Okay. Okay. I will. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's is really something. Um, when we do that, we have to bring in, and I know many of you listening have been through this when you've brought in another individual. Um, I, as promised, I did want to get to a couple of things because I want you to be prepared for Halloween, opening up the door, having visitors come into the house, not allowing our pets to escape. And uh, if they, for some reason, they do get out, I'm going to ask you, if they're not microchipped, please consider having them that done before you know we've got a few weeks here let's be prepared in that manner Uh, and um, talk to your veterinary office about doing that the other thing is that halloween costumes have become bigger and more accessible people taking photos you know everyone's taking their little photos with their phones 
if you're going to use a costume, just remember everyone doesn't necessarily, every pet does not really love it. And it, and you need to make sure it fits properly. You want to make sure that if they are going to be walking, you're going to take them from door to door, that they can move freely, that they're quite mobile, they're, nothing is getting caught underneath their arm. And remember that if they can't see or they can't hear appropriately, that's going to really send them off. They are really going to be nervous. So maybe stay away from the masks. Um, and if you do have a mask with the, your costume for your pet, just do it for the photo shoot, okay? And same thing with shoes. Just for the photo shoot, not necessarily make them walk around with those shoes. Make sure they can see. And here is my big advice on costumes and making sure they fit and no items that they could choke on. So a little bit, I want to say my thank yous before we go. I'd like to thank Kevin for producing a wonderful show as usual. And thank you to Justin for fantastic music. And you'll be uh, seeing you in two weeks. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.